Father, this morning we come before you and we just say, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for the cross. God, we just ask this morning that as we continue in, in our service, God, as we hear your word, God, we ask that, that we as your people would just be receptive. God, that we would be open to whatever you have to say to us this morning. God, do in our hearts what you need to do this morning. So we surrender that to you this morning. And God, we ask that you would just speak to us. God, we love you. We give this time to you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. And God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 19. I think we're learning in our study in First and Second Samuel, the life of David, that in civil war, oftentimes victory has about as much pain as, as loss does. And here David is the victor, and his army has defeated the enemy, which was Absalom by Absalom's choice, his son, but now David is a broken man over the victory. I think we have some good lessons here in 2 Samuel chapter 19. Word soon reached Joab, and Joab is the, is the general of the army. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As all the people heard the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day as though they were shamed and had deserted in battle. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, O oh, my son Absalom, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, We saved your life today. And the lives of your sons, your daughters, and your wives, and your concubines. Yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you will be worse off than ever before. So the king went out and took his seat at the town gate. And as the news spread throughout the town that he was there, everyone went to him. The first thing we see here is we see that David has such deep grief for his son. Now, we, we would think that that's a reasonable thing, isn't it? Obviously, he would have deep grief for his son. But the truth is, his son would have had him killed. His son had turned on him. Absalom had, um, uh, he, he accomplished a mutiny. He just was not victorious in the mutiny. 
And David is overcome with grief to the point that he's neglecting his responsibilities. And Joab saw that as a real problem, as a difficulty. And so why was David so out of control with grief? I think there's maybe three reasons. Now, we don't know for sure why he was so out of control with grief. Perhaps one of these reasons was it. One possible reason that he was so out of control with his mourning for Absalom is that he wasn't completely sure about Absalom's salvation. That, that would call for grief that would be so deep and painful if he lost his son and he wasn't sure about his son's grief. Now, I say that because we already have a record of how David deals with grief. You remember back in chapter 11 when uh, David's son died, the son that he had with, with Bathsheba, and David was mourning, he was not bathing, he was not eating, he was praying, he was not taking care of himself while his baby lay ill. But as soon as the baby died, he got up, went and took a bath, and then went down to eat dinner. And, the, and his men said, why such a change? How do you go from such deep mourning and now you are eating dinner and you have refreshed yourself? How can that be? And David said, look, there's nothing I can do about it. Basically what he said, but I have hope. And my hope is this, he cannot come to me. The child cannot come to me but I will go to him one day. And so David understood the idea of heaven. And he understood that there was a place. There was a place of reunion. There was a place of hope for us at death, eternal life in heaven. And so David understood heaven, and he received comfort from the idea that that baby was in heaven and they would be reunited one day when David passed away and so we see here a completely different reaction in grief with Absalom. Another possible reason could be that he just finally became aware or he became completely in tune with his failures as a dad. And perhaps that caused him such, just so much regret for not being present for his children. Now, it's his, David's own making. David, David caused that to happen. The scripture clearly said the king was just to have one wife. David just kept on adding them on. And he has lots of kids. And so you take a very high-pressure job being the king and taking care and making decisions for all the people. And then you've got all these wives to care for. And then you've got all the children to care for. And then you add on to that, the guy had concubines. Okay? And so, obviously, there was a problem there. There was a problem with time. There was a problem with the spread of his affections. And, and he was just overwhelmed, overtaxed. He couldn't keep up with that. Nobody can keep up with that much responsibility. And he was not a good dad. We see that clearly. That's one of the reasons why Absalom turned on him, isn't it? When, when, when Amnon raped his sister Tamar and David did not step in and take care of business. 
Absalom felt betrayed. Absalom felt that he was isolated from his dad. And, 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 and so he's got daddy issues taking place. And that's one of the reasons why he turned on David. And so maybe David just came to terms with that. And, and, and that much regret can sure wreak havoc on us. You know, one of the important lessons for us in life is to live free of as much regret as we can and, and follow through and be sure that we keep on majoring on what really matters and don't get sidetracked on matters that don't really matter. Because if we do, in the end, there will be great regret. Another possibility for such deep grief here is that civil war had to be just painful. And, and to see people against people, family against family, to see such, such death, such loss. I mean, I, I'm sure that those battle scenes were brutal. And I'm sure that seeing all the dead bodies and all the blood and all that that was accompanied with that, I can't imagine walking through Gettysburg after the battle. I can't imagine being there for, for seeing, you know, countrymen coming to face each other in battle and to have that much loss of life. It really is amazing that our country survived the Civil War. Really amazing. Matter of fact, there were times perhaps that there was a chance that, that, all, that we wouldn't survive the, the Civil War. And probably in some cases, people would say that we're still struggling from the effects of the Civil War as time has gone by. Civil war has horrible, horrible impact on people. And so maybe it was just the overwhelmingness of losing Absalom and that the struggle was finally taken care of from his point of view at this time, and, and he just lost it. And perhaps you take all three of those things and put it together, and David's grief was so deep that he neglected his troops. He neglected his troops. David lost sight of his responsibility as the commander-in-chief. I mean, these are pretty powerful words that Joab speaks about here. He says, we save your life today and the lives of your sons, your daughters, your wives, and the concubines, yet you act like this. We saved your life. We saved your kingdom. We, we saved your inheritance to be able to, your, your kingdom to spread across your family. We risk our lives for you. Matter of fact, people lost their lives for you, and you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. And then in verse 6, he says, you seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Those are strong words. Those are truthful words that Joab shares with David, it reveals to us that David lost sight of his responsibility as the commander-in-chief. And he's in danger of losing his people. 
Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? Why, why is he not out here celebrating with us? We risk our lives for him. Why is, is he acting like this? Leaders must realize they have a responsibility to put other people before themselves. David had lost sight of that. Perhaps there were blinders on. He was so blinded by his grief that he lost track of his responsibility. We must keep in mind that whatever God has assigned us to always comes before our own needs. That's a struggle that we have, isn't it? But whatever God's calling is on our life, it always comes before our own need. Others become before ourselves as well in our family, and and we rank ourselves under others. That's the Christian life. That's what God has called us to. And, And David lost sight of this. And I don't think David was really fully aware what his position was at this moment and what his actions, the result of his actions were in the lives of his troops. Not only is God's assignment before our needs, but our circumstances are never our own for ourselves. That's one of the reasons why we all seem to struggle these days with circumstances, and the culture struggles such with circumstances. Our circumstances are not ours. Therefore, the Lord to use in any way he wants. Even our struggles, our hardships, our difficulties are for God to use in some way to be a ministry, to be a, to be a blessing for someone else to be an encouragement for someone else. If nothing else, to be shown as the power of faith in a believer's life. And David was losing out on the opportunity to show what God had done for him, what God had done for them, and that God had fulfilled his vow to David and that the kingdom would be passed down, and he would not lose it. David had lost the idea that he should have been reminded that we all serve at the pleasure of the king. Absalom did not understand that. He tried to take over. David should have understood that, especially at this time. But the good news for David is he has a Joab in his life. Man, now, can you put yourself in the the, shoes of Joab in this situation? He went and he talked straight to the king. That had to be a difficult thing, even for the commander, even for Joab, the top military leader in the army. He's out there. He sees the impact that David's grief is having on the troops. He knows the situation. He understands what it is to put his life on the line. And he reads that situation and he goes, obviously, David is not reading this situation well. And David is in, he, he, he's in danger of losing his troops. And so Joab, he goes in and he speaks truth to David. He speaks directly to David. He's pointed. He's matter of fact. He's gut honest. David, are you aware of what's going on here? 
David, do you realize that you're making a real serious mistake? Do you realize that you're about to lose your army and you're going to be worse than you've been in any other time in your, in your reign if you keep on acting like this? This is the general talking to the king. David was unaware what was going on. David needed Joab. David needed a Joab. And the truth is, we all need a Joab in our life. Because none of us see everything we need to see. None of us are free of blind spots. None of us have it all together where we are completely aware of everything that's taking place in and around our lives. None of us have that. And we need Joab's. We need this kind of friend, this kind of confidant that will come in and speak to us like Joab speaks to us. He, I mean, he, he, Joab was a man of courage. He's a man of insight. And David benefited from Joab speaking into his life. The good news is David heard Joab speak. He just didn't hear him audibly. He heard him. He realized that Joab was right, and David listened to Joab. So very simply, not only do we need a Joab that's willing to speak truth to us, but we need to listen to our Joabs that speak truth to us. And David responded. So some lessons that we can learn from today's passage. Does your family know for certain that you're saved? Does your family know for certain? I think one of the greatest gifts you can give your family, it's better than a life insurance policy, it's better than, you know, some artifact or some knickknack that you have that's of great value or means a lot sentimentally to you, the greatest thing that you can give your family is there's no question about your salvation. They don't have to think about it. They don't have to worry about it. They don't have to talk themselves into that salvation because let's face it, if God is in our lives, there's evidence that God is in our lives. How can the creator of this universe make all this that we see, and he's the master designer of such a crazy, beautiful universe with, with, with life and with all kinds of life, with all kinds of beings that God has manufactured? I mean, I've been sitting watching hummingbirds fight, all those males fight all week long when I'm sitting on my back porch this week. They've gone nuts. And, and, and it's just God's way of getting them ready for the long migration they're about to take. I mean, I, I just want to say, y'all just cool it. Sit, sit there on my feeders and drink. You can drink to your heart's content, but they just won't allow it. And so that's, that's God's way. They haven't done that all summer. It's just recently. And, and I reckon they're going to be gone the next couple of days or it may already be gone. That's just God's design for those those hummingbirds, he gets them ready for the long flight. And, and, and God has provided for us such a wonderful salvation. 
But, but don't cause your family to have to wonder. If God is in you, there's going to be evidence that God is in you. Will you grieve deeply? Not for a healthy reason, but for an unhealthy reason when a loved one dies. And you will grieve deeply because of regret. We're all still breathing. We're all on top of the world. There's time to, as far as it depends on us, to be at peace with everyone. It's a horrible thing to have a loved one pass away. And we have unresolved issues, things we should have done that we didn't do, things that we should have said that we didn't say. And, 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 there's, and David, I think, obviously is, is going through tremendous emotional you know, turmoil here with the loss of Absalom. And it just didn't have to be that way. There were things that perhaps could have been done differently that wasn't done. But it just went too far and it got out of hand. And now David is struggling with the consequences. Are you placing what God wants from you second to your own desires? Are you serving at the pleasure of your king? Or are you serving within your own convenience? It's a good question for all of us, isn't it? Are you willing to listen to your Joab? God has given you a Joab. God has placed in your life someone that is willing to speak truth into your life. Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to hear? Or are you closed off? Are you shut down? Are you willing to be a Joab if called upon? Are you willing to risk friendship? Are you willing to risk your position? And Joab could have been let go right here and then. But Joab saw that, that David was making such a mistake, it had to be corrected or everyone was going to be in jeopardy. Are you willing to be a Joab? Are you willing to have courage? Are you willing to step up and be like Joab and speak truth that requires a great deal of courage? There might be someone in your life that is in a dark place and they don't see what they need to see. They're not being objective to how life really is for them, and, and they're spiraling downward, and they just might need you to knock on that door and say, we need to talk. Let's, let's visit about what's going on here. You may be just exactly what they need. Perhaps others have seen it, and they just haven't had the the courage to be the one to speak truth. So some good lessons from the life of David. Man, what a, what a roller coaster we've been on with him. He's just like us, isn't he? We have good days. We have mediocre days. We have bad days. 
There are times we respond well. There's times that we respond poorly. If you were to judge David's life on a few of his decisions and few of his actions, you would say, what a waste. And there are other times that you see such compassion and such righteousness come from David. Just like us. And David was a man after God's own heart. Because David was a great repenter. When he came to terms with his own sin, when he came to terms with his own mistakes, with his own failures, he repented and turned in deep devotion to God. That's what needs to happen in our lives. Even when we can't see what we need to see, when we don't know what we need to know, even when we respond poorly, the Lord is always there to welcome us in worship. Completely devoted to Him. He's the God of all grace. He is the one of everlasting love. So what can you learn from David? What can you learn from today's passage? What do you need to take home with you? Just don't sit on it. Follow through. You might need to be a Joab. You might need to listen to the Joab. Perhaps you need to talk to someone about their salvation. Perhaps there's someone that you need to share your testimony so they know for sure about your salvation. Perhaps you need to rise up with courage for the benefit of someone else. We all have a lesson here that we need to follow through with. Lord, we're thankful for today's time we've had with you today and your word. We're thankful, Lord, for our worship this morning. Thank you, God, for that we had a time to tell you how much we care about you. And, Lord, how thankful we are for you. We are grateful, Lord, for Jake's testimony and, Lord, for him giving us inspiration, encouragement, Lord, from his own struggles there in Japan. And I pray you'll just bless him and help him to, to see what he needs to see for the next, next place you have for him. Lord, we are grateful for all that you have done for us, Lord. We love and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.